Hello, and welcome to Thal Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know, or maybe in this case, anything there is to know <laughs> about Chapter 7 Bankruptcy and the Thumbs Down Emoji. Today is September 3rd, and I am Nancy, your basketball enthusiast, and also this week your Paralympic enthusiast, and I am joined in the Blue Room by... Oh, that's me. Uh, I'm Rebecca. I'm your East Coast representative and your hockey representative. And also by... And I'm Rachel, and I am your baseball guru. Woohoo! So team, who's been watching the Paralympics? Oh, me, 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 me. Yeah? Uh -huh. I've watched like an hour of it, and it was amazing. What did you catch, Rebecca? Um, I watched this morning, so I caught mm -hmm. um, the 4 by 100 mixed track and field relay, which was mm -hmm. amazing. It was mixed by gender and by classification. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there had to be a, a physical disability, a vision, visual impairment, so like... Um, three of the people ran with their 100 meters with guides. There were four people in wheelchairs and, you know, they did the 100. It was incredible to watch. And plus it was two men and two women on each team. So it was, wow. that was cool, cool too. Yeah. It was like, just mix it all up. That's super awesome. I have not seen that. Yeah. That sounds way yeah. cool. And then I also caught a couple swimming events. One of them was the women's 100 meter butterfly. Mm -hmm. And that was, that had Jessica Long in it, who's the one who we see that commercial about all the time, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. who has n no legs below the knee. Mm -hmm. um, she ended up winning. And mm -hmm. the second place person was from the Russian Olympic Committee. And she only had one arm. And I wow. recognize that this is an ignorant, probably ableist statement. But all I could keep thinking was, how does she go in a straight line? Like if mm -hmm. I tried to swim and I recognize like I am nowhere near anything like a competitive swimmer, much less an Olympic swimmer. But if I tried to swim with only one arm, well, A, I would probably drown. But B, I would swim in circles. <laughs> and for her to be able to do the butterfly competitively, yeah. like at this level and metal was just spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, what about you? What have you caught? Well, I actually haven't watched any of the swimming and track yet, which I still need to. I've been watching a lot of uh, sitting volleyball, which I think ought to be called scootin' volleyball. <laughs> yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I'll sign off on that. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. The USA team is doing really well. They uh, won their semifinal match mm -hmm. recently, so they're going to go in the gold medal match against what was, uh, China, China versus... Japan maybe mm. or great maybe no Canada it was mm -hmm. uh so they'll play either uh China or Canada I'm gonna guess China because they were real good the U.S. that's what I heard I didn't catch their, that game only but I heard yeah thus far um but that's been a lot of fun to watch I did see a quick news story this morning um about I think it's the Paraguay sitting Olympic team um they've apparently like blown up the sport in Paraguay. Like, they've made it huge in Paraguay. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. And so it's super them. competitive. And, like, in this Olympics, they won their first match ever in international competition or something like that. They were so excited. It was so cute. Aw. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I heard yeah. something about there being professional European wheelchair basketball leagues. And I was like, I had no idea. That's amazing. I did watch a, a wheelchair basketball game, uh, mm-hmm. U.S. versus Germany. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. Um, watched a wheelchair rugby game. Um, and that's, I think, also mixed gender. Mm-hmm. Um, U.S., yeah. as far as I know, doesn't have any women on the team. But the Australian team uh, has a woman. That's awesome. Um, I that think... was neat. That was interesting because I guess there's just like this one superstar guy on Australia's team that just does like everything <laughs> for them. And so it mm-hmm. seemed to be like him against everybody else. Um, what else have I watched? I, I'm going to take this weekend to watch a bunch of it. and I But I think I'm mostly going to focus on goalball. Yes. yes. So I have watched that. I've watched fun. a few few games of goalball. I gotta I say, you want to go into it not rooting for the U.S. men, because uh, they don't... <laughs> <laughs> Have they been eliminated? I mean, I, they got yes, stomped I in that one they, game. Yeah, I they've mean, gotten they, stomped let's be real, in more I, than one I game. I rarely root for U.S. men at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, come on. There's a few of them. Yeah, I but uh, so go, watching goalball swim, but I really want to try to play goalball. I looks know like it would be a blast to play. Me too. Me too. It really looks super fun, and you know, also like I'd get my ass handed to me, but like I'd enjoy it happening. You know. Yeah, and I feel like that's one you could. I was thinking like little kids in PE would love that. Yeah, absolutely. you know, they get a real kick out of that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like my office, a couple of years. We've done like, you know, office corporate bonding thing and played bubble soccer, which has been quite a good time. But like we could absolutely play goalball. Like it'd be the same sort of, you know, it it it's an would put everybody on sort of an equal you're terrible at this footing <laughs> <laughs> and would be great entertainment for the people who choose not to play, which is exactly That's what true. bubble soccer does on both. Well, I've you know? never heard of bubble soccer. No, you've never. So they make these giant inflatable bubbles. That have handholds inside them, and you lower them over your body, and you hang on to the handholds, oh, okay. and then you wham like. into each other. It's like human bumper cars. Yeah. It's great. I love it. <laughs> but it also lets me, you know, run around and knock people over, which I have enjoyed since I was a very small child. So, you know. <laughs> Particularly good when it's your CEO, and you can bounce him several feet down the, down nice. the field. So, <laughs> I feel like during COVID, we really should have seen, a, seen an uptick in bubble that's sports. true because it's you know you contact except you your... share the bubbles oh, oh yeah no everybody has to get otherwise their own yes but like yeah okay. everybody would have to get their own single bubble and it would then have to be all sterilized and yeah like, yeah. yeah no but i wouldn't want to share a bubble even in non-covid times <laughs> i imagine it would be sweaty and it you do it outside and they're you know like they're big enough it's not too bad okay uh yeah I have watched, I've also watched a lot of goalball. I've watched a decent amount of wheelchair rugby and wheelchair basketball, which has been fun. Um, A decent amount of the swimming, too. Not as much of the track, though. I did watch a little bit. And we've been watching the cycling, um, some of the cycling, which, Rebecca, I think you will enjoy. Oh, I did see it. Just a few indoor events for that one. uh, We saw some of the road cycling. There was one where they were cycling, and it was like bucketing down rain and like i do not know how it did not get called but like holy shit yeah and then there was also i caught like five minutes of kayaking and canoe which was fun um it's really you know we talked on our paralympic episode about all the different 
classifications and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's been super interesting to see, you know, to like see the real applications of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, especially with the track and the swimming is where you get sort of the most where I'm like, what the hell is SM7, you know, and I, and I look it up and I'm, oh, it's this. And you get people who do this, this, and this, or have this, you know, physical limitation or whatever. Um, and sometimes you'll get like, if they don't have enough competitors in a single class, you'll get combined. So the SM7 and SM8 classes racing together in the pool, you know, or, and it's just been really interesting to learn more about, you know, both what the athletes are capable of, mm-hmm. which is a fucking lot. Yes. And also like what sort of adjustments and tools they use, which I don't otherwise, you know, have much occasion to to run into, you know? Like yeah. I have a few coworkers with some with some accessibility issues, but nothing beyond using a mobility scooter, you know. So I don't in my day to day life think much about this which it, yeah. you know yeah <laughs> is, is what it is right you know um but so i find it really fascinating to to learn about this whole whole world of competitive athletics that i just know absolutely zero about so i think it's it's super neat it's been a really good experience and like holy shit they i mean i knew they were good but like it's fun to see them excel you know, it's not like yeah. I ever thought they weren't going to be good athletes. I always knew they were going to be. But it's really fun to see things like a woman with no upper arm or like just <laughs> no upper kick arm. ass She's in a swimming lower race. arm, but no upper yeah. arm. <laughs> this is um, uh, not the... <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and <laughs> to your point, Nancy, about like never seeing this stuff. Right, we don't. I mean, we, yeah. we talk about that with, with women's professional sports. We never right. get to see it because it's so rarely right. televised. Right, exactly. So how many, you know, national and international Paralympic type events are there that we're missing? Mm-hmm. So many. I'm sure so many. That would, yeah. Like, uh, so many people would watch that. Absolutely. Anyway. I mean, I watched I watched some tennis and how the fuck they get around that court <laughs> and manage to return. Like, I can't do that on two legs. Like, I cannot. I <laughs> suck at tennis. I played it, like, twice, and I was terrible mm-hmm. both times. I don't know how you do that in a racing wheelchair, but boy, do they, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, and I worry that I sound like that I'm surprised that, that they can, and it's not that. I know what humans are capable of. It's that I'm impressed. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like I look at it, and it's like, holy shit, that doesn't seem like it should be possible. Yeah. Because that looks really hard. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, it's it makes me think a little bit of the whole, you know, where we were 20 years ago with with pride, you know, and how, like, if you didn't know somebody who was publicly out, you felt like you didn't know anything about gay culture or gay people, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's so much more mainstream that, like, even if you don't have a gay sibling, like, you watch Queer Eye for the Straight Guy or whatever, you know. Right. Um, or I guess it's just Queer Eye now. Um, but I feel like this is, you know, a similar sort of thing where, like, if you don't have a family member or a friend for whom this is directly relevant or if it's not directly relevant to you in some way, you just don't know what's out there because it's not publicized and right. it's not widely available. And yeah. that sucks. And I would like that to change. Yes, I agree. How long did it take us to get to a soapbox? <laughs> I mean, longer, than, longer than I would have thought. I mean, we're 12 yeah, minutes in. Yeah, that's true. We're, we're, we're 10 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, it could have been in the first three, it honestly. Could have. <laughs> we're, well, we're clearly off thoughts? our game 
It's true. It's true. We'll pick it up. Oh, I'm sure. I'll we hand will. it over to you, and you can uh, rant freely. Oh, good. Any final thoughts on the uh, Paralympics, other than like everybody should watch it because it's super fucking fun? No, that's my yeah, take. No, we st- yeah, we still got a couple days to go. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, we do. And hopefully the NBC website will keep it up for a while because I'm I still so. going back and I'm still watching a couple uh, Olympic events that Are I missed. Are you? Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I assume they will. And it has been pretty easy to find on YouTube TV, which has been nice. So I think the issue we're going to come up against is that NBCSN is going away. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the date that NBCSN will cease to exist, but... I've got to imagine, like, they're going to keep it up at least until NBCSN goes away. But if that goes away tomorrow, then we're screwed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I would hope that on the website they would still keep things up for a little while. But they haven't even had everything available on the website. Like, there are a few uh, volleyball games that aren't on there, and I would assume that... Oh, weird. Um, something about games, rights or something. Yeah, or, I don't know, just the highlights hmm. that people want to see. Hmm. Um, okay, so I just did a quick search and it mm-hmm. looks like it looks like it will be literally the end of the year in December because they released a press release that NBCSN is going to be airing the International Chess Federation um, World Championship and that goes from November 26th through December 16th well <laughs> I know one person who will be watching that so thank you chess and that's Clay Thompson, because he was posting on his Instagram this week (laughs) a picture of his dog and his chess set and said he needs more people to play chess with because Rocco is over it. Is that what you sent me? Because it it was gone by the time I I went to look at it. That's what I sent you. Yeah, yeah. It was a... He has a really baller-like custom chess set, I gotta say. It was cool looking. (laughs) But yeah, a picture of his chess set. Rocco, his bulldog, looking very bored across from him. He said, I need somebody new. But of course, there were comments turned off, so I couldn't be like, I'll play. (laughs) You would have been one of 18,000 people who said that. And that's why comments were turned off. Yes, (laughs) you are correct. I think 18,000 is probably an underestimate. Well, I was going to say, there's going to be 18,000 people offering to play chess. There's going to be another 18,000 who just say, like, daddy. Yeah. And then another 18,000 who are like, yo, what did you do on this day in the season? Why did you suck? Yep. 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 Yeah, that, you're right. Yeah. That's probably a, a more accurate. Oh, and 18,000 bots saying, yeah. oh, oh yeah. I'm alone tonight. Look at me. <laughs> in exactly that tone of voice. Yes. Well, all right. So speaking of Bay Area sports, we need to revisit somebody who we have talked about a few times on this pod before. Uh, He is a Sharks player who has a checkered past, and we have attempted to give him the benefit of the doubt in hopes that he was actually turning over a new leaf and making a fresh start. And he did actually play really well for the Sharks this past year. Um, And then... The uh, soap opera has heated up and the proverbial, proverbial, proverbial shit has done hit <laughs> the, the shit ice done fan. Hit the, fan. <laughs> the ice fan. So <laughs> they have fans under there to keep that ice cold. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, tell us what the ever-loving hell is up with Evander Kane. Yeah. So I, I have, as I mentioned in... Uh, before we started recording, I have just about two full pages of notes 
Um, and I'm not going to... Calgon, take me away. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all of it because I think some of it is Aww. more relevant than others. Um, I also, I found myself, interestingly, still trying to give him a little bit of the benefit of the, of the doubt. Yeah, that's yeah. honestly where I have ended up from the little bit of reading I've done, too. And it's a weird thing because there's so much. Like, yeah. it's a whole big shitstorm. Yeah. But it's still unclear sort of like what exactly, or at least it was unclear to me, what exactly has happened and what exactly is his fault and not his fault. Yeah. And... Well, I don't know any of it. So could somebody okay. explain what's yes. going on? <laughs> yes. Start at the top. Yeah. So so there's a whole bunch of stuff mixed in here. There's some... Um, there's some physical assault, there's some gambling, there's some debts, hence the reference to Chapter 7 bankruptcy. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here. So a couple of, couple of background pieces before we get into, like, what really happened this, this, well, it's not August anymore, so last month. So, um... Evander Kane was traded to the Sharks in the spring of 2018 from Mm -hmm. Toronto. Um, And at the end of the season, he signed a seven-year, $49 million contract with the Sharks. So that was 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, At some point in 2018, he got married to his now soon-to-be ex-wife, Anna. Um, The following year... We got the first public inklings of trouble in his personal life because the Cosmopolitan in Vegas sued him for $500,000 for unpaid debts. Um, and in that lawsuit, they say he took out eight credits of amounts varying from twenty dollars to $100,000 in mid-April when the Sharks had been playing the Golden Knights in the playoffs. Um, the casino was also seeking legal fees as part of that. Um, eventually the suit was dropped. We don't know why, of course, because that, you know, all that kind of stuff happens off book. Right. Mm -hmm. In January, early January of this year, 2021, Centennial Bank filed a lawsuit against Kane and the Sharks for $8.3 million. And then later on, like a week later, Kane filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Um, In the bankruptcy filing, he listed $26.8 million in liabilities, $10.2 million in assets. Remember that he has a $9 million a year salary. Okay. Um, The complaint, or excuse me, the, the filing listed nine lawsuits, court actions, and administrative proceedings with lenders, six of which were still active at the time, one of which was that Centennial Bank filing for $8.3 million. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the filing, he listed 47 creditors from individuals to his former agency to banks. Um he listed his income as negative $91,000 a month. That's not great. That's that's stupid. He's losing more money a month than I make in a year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's losing more money in a month than like 
three people at the median income make a year together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also listed in the filing. So I'm trying to be very careful about the language I use, like what's proven and what's like written in, in, you know, the courts and legal documents, whatever, versus what's hearsay. So again, in the filing, it noted that in the 12 months preceding the filing, he lost $1.5 million gambling. Um, he listed seven dependents who live with him, his daughter, sister, two uncles, his mother, father, and grandmother. Um, Interestingly, not his wife? I thought the same thing, yeah. Okay. Um, and then also included in his debts are an estimated $1.8 million for a counterclaim against one of the women who sued him for battery in 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she sued him for battery. This was one of the women who's who he allegedly like pulled her hair and like dragged her around by her hair. Jeez. Um yeah, so she sued him for battery and he is countersuing her. That's still open and that's, you know, it's an estimated 1.8 million dollars who knows whatever's going to come with that come from mm-hmm. that. So that's all like that's all on the books known in from january of this year and at the time it was really a big deal when it came out but i remember him talking about it and saying that actually it was such a relief to have it out in public and that it had really been that he attributed some of the struggles he'd had early on fitting into the sharks and and playing well to like this immense amount of stress he was under Mm -hmm. you know having all of this financial bullshit going on and and feeling really you know alone and and you know put upon by it all Mm -hmm. so i thought it was interesting at the time that it basically said yeah it's embarrassing to have this all out there and i you know i feel terrible about it but also at least now i'm not having to hide it anymore and he then went on to play quite well after that yeah so yeah and and you know what gambling is a legitimate problem oh absolutely it it is an addiction it's an addiction yeah it's not something you can just choose to stop doing for for some people and, and so, especially in an environment like this, I can imagine, you know, it's yeah. particularly yeah. insidious. Yeah. And, and you know, when you've gone from, when you're young, you know, he's, he's what, 20, 28 or 29 now? So Something he like was that, yeah. 23 when he got his first NHL contract. Like, you get a lot of fucking money. Like, you don't get as much in the NHL as you do in other sports, but still, the, an entry-level contract is $750,000. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. more than many of us will make in a decade, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's very easy to lose control over your mm-hmm. spending and your habits and whatever mm-hmm. when you... Like, that seems like an insurmountable of m- amount of money that you could never right. possibly spend. Right. Yeah. So I do, I, this is where I do, like, I have a lot of sympathy for a person, any person struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. And so if he truly has a gambling addiction, that sucks. And I can totally understand why that played on him emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. you know, on the mm-hmm. ice, all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So then in July, on July 16th, um of again of this year so so like nothing happens publicly that we really know about or nothing like makes waves publicly from january to july Mm -hmm. july 16th uh his wife anna files for divorce but i i get the sense that we don't know that she filed for divorce until 
about yeah. two weeks later when yeah. she started posting all this stuff on Instagram. Correct. That's so, my impression too. Yeah. So sometime between the 16th and the 31st, when she starts posting all her stuff on Instagram, he appears to have gotten back together with an ex who he dated before his wife. Um, and they went to Europe together. Mm-hmm. So then um, at the end of July, Anna posts on Instagram a whole bunch of stuff. Um, a couple were just like uh, like a blank screen with a quote. So you leave July 8th, you do not call or text for eight days, then you inform me you're going to Europe for a vacation and that our house is being taken by the bank, but do not come home to help your pregnant wife pack. You have enough money to party and stay in hotels in Europe and go to dinners every night, but I can't buy my daughter formula, and you force me to sell my wedding ring to have any money to survive as you party every day and every night. Then she posts a photo of a physical hard copy of Gambling for Dummies, and says, when your own teammates give you this book, I think they're trying to tell you maybe you're not the best at the tables, bud. Ooh, wow. Missed that one. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one, the, or the next two, are really where things, like, blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, how does the NHL let a compulsive gambling addict still play when he's obviously throwing games with bookies to win money? Somebody Ooh. maybe needs to address this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next one was, can someone ask Gary Bettman, who's the commissioner of the Hockey League, um, how they can let a player gamble on his own games, bet and win win with bookies on his own games. So that's really the point where the the shit hit the the ice fan. Yes. Um, Did you say the bookie's name was Bettman? No, no, no. No. Gary Bettman's the commissioner of the NFL. Okay. Or the NHL. <laughs> like, that's a little too on the nose. I'm sorry. That would be amazing. No, Gary Bettman, she she wants somebody to ask the commissioner of the NHL okay. Okay. how they now. let him play when he's gambling on his own games. So, of course, in any of in any sport, like gambling on your own games is not allowed. Illegal. Yeah. yeah. That's I've right. It's not just not allowed. It's, it's illegal. Betting on yourself to win. I feel like that should be allowed. I kind of agree. But, you know, and Pete Rose would well, no, agree because with me, you, but... No, because you can pay off people on the other team to throw the game for you. Oh, that's the... that's the. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You just gotta give them a big enough cut. They'll go with it. Yeah. Well... But, I mean, you could do that anyway. Do what? True. Pay the other Try team to Try to pay the lose? other team to... Yeah, but you're not going to get the income to do it, right? Like, if you bet on that, then you're going to have this huge amount of money that you won, and then you divide it up, right? Everybody wins. So that's why it's illegal. I mean, regardless of why it is, it is. Yeah. Rachel, I never thought we'd find a place where you had a morally gray compass. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm the one going like, oh, I mean, in certain situations. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so this is where it really blows up. Um, right, because she's straight up accusing him of a felony here. Yes. And, Publicly. And she's, and she's not just accusing him of betting on games and winning. She's accusing him of throwing games. Yeah. In order, yeah. To, in order to win. Right, right. Um, his, he comes out the next day, quote unquote, against his legal uh, mm-hmm. advice. Um, 
And I mean, frankly, that's probably true. The lawyers probably always say, shut up, don't say anything. Don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, And you know what? Again, I don't blame him for coming out and addressing it because if she says that and he's totally silent, like the court of public opinion is going to make their own. I mean, we've made our own decisions anyway. Um, So the following day, he says that he would never do any of what was alleged. Um, the NHL said that they intended to conduct a full investigation on the gambling piece, and the Sharks said that they would participate in the investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were pissed off that the NHL was taking a stronger stance on the sports betting piece than on any of the other sort of <laughs> infractions right. that, that any player has made mm-hmm. off ice. Yeah. And I get I mean, it because, because like <laughs> capitalism yeah. rears its ugly head again. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm also like, well, the NHL doesn't really care what they do off ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the NHL doesn't have, you know, the legal standing to do things to players off ice. I mean, I, I kind of wish they did, or I wish they took a yeah. stand anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of a question about, like, how much can they interfere right. with the personal lives of, of yeah. players. Yeah, um, Plus, I mean, the players are in a union, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just as easy. Sadly, it's never just as easy as just doing the thing. There's always, you know, legal stuff behind the scenes that we don't even know about. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so... Let's see. Let me go find where I was in my notes. So on August 16th, I'm going back a little bit, Anna files for divorce. On August mm-hmm. 6th, um, Evander files a response to the divorce. And on that same day, one of the parties filed for a restraining order, but the records don't indicate which one of them filed it. And again, no. I think this is this is another piece that came out like after the fact. Mm-hmm. So then we get another few days go by and Anna now goes after Kane's girlfriend publicly and says, do you feel good about yourself fucking my husband when I'm at home pregnant and he can't even give me money to buy my daughter formula? Do you feel amazing with him after he cheated on you so much that you broke up? Now you can do this to another woman. Wow. I mean, I mean, yeah. (laughs) So, so she's pregnant and there is there another kid yeah they have they a baby have a that was born last wow she's not even a year yet i don't think well, she's she a year born now in like november oh okay yeah okay yeah um, they have a very young child yeah i think she i think she turned one in july i think that's what oh, i really? saw i, thought I think it that's was fall mm. young child yes right. an infant very young child. they have <laughs> yeah. an infant and she is pregnant yeah yeah um, so, like, that's, that's not a great look for either of them. It's not, I mean, I'm not a fan <laughs> of airing my public laundry, but at the same time, like, you know. Yeah, you know, this she is has some I, points. This is kind <laughs> of where I go back and forth. Like, sorry, Rachel, I was just going to say, one thinks this wasn't her first attempt to, you know, contact well, him and, you know. That's kind of the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I have so many conflicting and perhaps agreeing feelings about this, but like, I feel like most rational, reasonable people don't start with Instagram. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so there, yeah. this was like an escalation. 
Mm-hmm. Presumably, again, this is not, yeah, yeah. we don't yeah. know. Presumably this is some sort of escalation. Right. I don't like the fact that she's going after the now girlfriend, because... Because really it's Evander's fault. And yeah. 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 Um, and also to do that publicly, like... You're trying to get a reaction out of everyone, not just yeah. Yeah. the new ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? That's that's calling everyone out in that situation. And and yeah. again, it's probably an escalation of things that have been going yeah. on behind the scenes, yeah. but it still feels a little icky. It feels well, it icky, feels but I gotta icky. say it may also be strategic because if she can, if the mm-hmm. new if the new party involved in this becomes uncomfortable enough. Maybe the new party removes themselves, yeah. which may help Anna then deal with the situation. Sure, you know? sure. So, well, and it may also be strategic because it's clearly like it's getting a reaction out of people. Exactly. So I agree with you. I'm sure it's strategic. Yeah. You know, we just don't know the On level, level of strategy yeah. involved. Yeah. Right, right. How how rational and conscious are these decisions? Right. right. We don't and can't know. Right. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, just a few days ago, on August 29th, we um, find out that Evander has filed a restraining order. Mm. Presumably, this is the restraining order that got filed on August 6th. Right. Okay, not a new one. Right. Uh, but again, presumably. Like, we don't, we don't know the details of the August um sixth one we know that some parts of it were accepted and some parts of it were not so there was going to have to be another hearing in order Mm -hmm. to like have conversations about it so Mm -hmm. on the 29th that was when the restraining order was granted at least short term there still has to be another hearing for a long-term restraining order um so he see he says that anna physically abused him starting relatively early in their marriage. Um, I got I got a lot of the personal relationship details from TMZ Sports, so take that with what you <laughs> what you will. Right. The um, the uh, bankruptcy filing stuff is from an article in The Athletic because they got a hold so of the actual filing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so there were a couple of incidents, and the one that I made a note of that was that in April of this year, allegedly she went through his phone and then started uncontrollably throwing things at him, punching and slapping him. And so my editorializing comment here mm-hmm. is, I could totally buy that. Like, mm-hmm. I see yeah. that happening. I see her looking at his phone and seeing that he is having conversations with his ex or Mm -hmm. that he's, you know, talking with his lawyer about selling the house or whatever. And she doesn't know it. And she flips a shit because any of us would. Yeah. But this is again, where I go back into that, like this empathetic piece, because every time I started to write down in my notes about this being different than like, the physical abuse or domestic violence we think of when we think of these kinds of restraining orders, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I heard myself talking and I realized I wouldn't accept my own comments if anyone said them about a man abusing a woman. Like, he totally deserved to get slapped in the face for whatever it was. Like, he Mm -hmm. might have. But if if the, the things were flipped and you said she deserved to get hit in the face by him, I'd 
tell you to go fuck yourself, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, I, I think there are two two things here. Well, three things. The first being that, like, I think we can all actually agree violence is never a good answer, right? Like, this is actually where we all live. Hitting somebody is never a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm kidding. I'm in kidding. principle, <laughs> when, in when principle. Richard when Richard Spencer got punched in the face, that was a good time to hit someone. You could right. hit Nazis, but, but in general, yes, everyone's As a society. principle, yes. generally, as far as I know, Evander Kane is not a Nazi, right? I think that's probably so, like, a safe yes. assumption. Okay. So that's that's one piece. We don't actually, yeah. in 99.9% right. of cases, condone violence. Right. Punch Richard Spencer beyond that, like, <laughs> you know. Part two, I think, is that there is a power imbalance. Like, you have... Yes. Yes. Like, yes, Evander Kane should, in theory, not be slapped. On the other hand, he's a lot bigger. Yes. He's a lot stronger. Yes. So him hitting her versus... He has more social versus... and financial power than she yes. Well, even just physically. Even if we're just talking yeah. about a physical altercation. But but I do think he's... it's important to say the power imbalance is not just physical. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, like, there's a difference in what happens between yes. her slapping him and him slapping her. Yes. Like, there's a difference there. And, and also the tension of, like... Uh, we're all human and we all lose our shit yes. at, at stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So like there's that tension of like, yes, violence is never the answer. Also, if you check your phone and find your, you know, if you're pregnant and you find your spouse cheating on you and, you know, blowing all of your money that you have to raise your children, like it's not surprising, even if we don't condone it, that right. maybe you, you strike out in multiple bit. ways. Right. Yes. Like yeah. now, I agree with you, Rebecca. It's difficult because if he had done that to her, if, you know, he had gone through her phone and found out she was cheating and, and blowing all their money and then yeah. had, like, thrown shit at her, we'd be having a different conversation. And yes. I think you're right yeah. about that. Yeah. So I think there are tensions there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, uh, let's see. Yeah. So then, you know, there are a couple other pieces here she has also said that he is a deadbeat dad who doesn't want to be around his kid. Sources on his side and the girlfriend's side seem to indicate that he does love her and wants to see her. Mm -hmm. And like, you know what? Both things can be true. Yeah. You can love yeah. your kid and want to see them and still be a deadbeat. Yeah. And like, if your debts are $91,000 a month, you might not be able to provide for your kid, in which case you might be a deadbeat. deadbeat. Well, and I'm sure he's never around, you know, like he's always traveling for, for hockey. Yeah. And if he's then using all of the rest of the time to go party in Europe, yeah. like, yeah, you yeah. know, like maybe he does love her and want to see her twice a year. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, um, in one of his statements, you know, his notes app postings, mm -hmm. um, he throws the mental illness card. And so he says that anybody who makes up these lies and tries to jeopardize their spouse's career obviously has to be mentally unwell. Mm -hmm. And that, I'm like, dude. Mm, yeah, yeah, no. D don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, if all of this is fabricated... It probably is, it, it may be an indication that she's mentally unwell. Mm -hmm. But at the very, very least, we have some pretty solid substantiation of the financial mm -hmm. issues. 
Right. Which yeah. means that she's not making everything up. Right. And what does she honestly have to gain by making stuff up? Like, I mean, the attention would be the answer. Yeah, but but, but the attention doesn't get her money. No, like it she's doesn't. and and you know when you attack a a a high profile powerful rich man in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You typically don't come out the winner in that situation. No, yeah. I, I agree. I'm just saying, yeah. like, if, if you're looking for an answer, that's the right. answer. Some people stir the shit because they enjoy stirring the shit. Yeah. And right. I, yeah. guess I don't have any evidence to, that's what she's doing, but... To use public pressure put public pressure on him during the divorce. Right, right exactly. Um, and then we have, we have a, an article that came out in mid-August in The Athletic that... that has nothing to do with his his wife um, and nothing really to do with his gambling, but is an indication or it really is an indictment of his behavior with I the team off yeah. ice. So yeah. um, in this August 11th athletic article, they reported that several players had told team management during the season that he was a problem um, that escalated in the exit interviews at the end of the season when several quote-unquote key players said that if Kane was going to be part of the team continuing forward, they did not want to be. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they specify what the problems were? Well, players said they've been oh. bringing issues. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, players said they've been bringing up issues about him all along. He's reportedly late for games and practices he doesn't follow the gra- the dress code. He has bad practice habits. He like yells at the coaches when he doesn't agree with where with where they say he should be during a drill or during you know an activity. Um, and the players feel like he can quote get away with anything and don't like that. So mm-hmm. up until this season, he's had or the team has had, not just him, but the team has had a bunch of veterans to kind of keep people in line. They had Joe Thornton, they had Joe Pavelski, um, Mm -hmm. and the Joes are gone now. Yep. You know, Pavelski is with the Stars and Thornton is with the Leafs. Mm -hmm. Actually, he might have signed with, like, the Panthers this year. Yeah, he's somewhere else now, yeah. Um, And so there's no, there's no, like... Mm-hmm. Veteran. And Patty Marlowe's gone too, yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. I knew there was somebody else I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the most I've read about the sharks in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for good reason. Yeah. Um and and you know, kind of the twist here is that everybody agrees that he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Right? He had like a career season this year. And to he your did. point earlier, Nancy, I think a lot of that probably had to do with filing for bankruptcy and getting this mm-hmm. all out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody really has a problem with how he plays at game time, mm-hmm. but it's a bunch of the players have else. said the off ice stuff is just too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so some of the stuff I looked at in terms of the chapter seven bankruptcy, because I am that kind of nerd um the thing that's that's well i'm not going to go into like bankruptcy law so please don't you know skippers you can skip this but i promise it's not going to get like irs tax code boring here um and i apologize to all of i apologize to all of our accountants and cpas for saying that um we do have a pretty big big, uh accountancy audience i think so better watch yourself they came for the spreadsheets (laughs) i get it i get it 
Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> chapter seven, bankruptcy, um, one of the things that happens is basically all of your assets get put in a trust and there is a bankruptcy like trustee who manages or and it doesn't get put in a trust. I'm sorry. It gets converted into an estate. And so then there's a there's a uh, an individual who manages that estate and they sell off assets in order to pay off debts. So like his one of his three million dollar houses is on the market right now. Presumably that is on the market because the estate is putting it up for sale to pay off some of these debts. Gotcha. So this is the one of this is one of the types of bankruptcy where it doesn't wipe away your debt. You actually right. do have to pay it off. It's just mm-hmm. you kind of like give it to somebody else and say, "Here, fix this. You fix it." Yeah. Which you know what? I kind of understand. Like totally. <laughs> I am almost thirty-seven years old, and every once in a while, I'm like, "Mom, can you make this call for me? Can you call a contractor <laughs> for me?" <laughs> That's so like so I get it. <laughs> you know, and and bankruptcy and $91,000 a month in debt is a lot harder to deal with than like calling a contractor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so, you know, we haven't seen the end of this. Um and it it's a mess. It's a big mess, and it's a mess for the sharks too. Because they have hearing about that because they got named as part of the lawsuit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were saying yes, they got named in one of the lawsuits from Centennial Bank. Um, Does that happen often that they include an employer in a? No, I don't think so. And they were talking at the time I remember, and I didn't see the the outcome of this, but they were talking about uh, at the time about whether it was even legal for them to be named in that way. Um, the, the other issue that the the sharks have right now is that he's kind of untradeable. Yeah. Oh, completely (laughs) untradeable. Yeah. Even, even before. And he's sucking up a big chunk of their change. Yeah. Like even before the stuff with his wife came out, like Mm -hmm. the bankruptcy stuff and the, the reputation Mm -hmm. that he has off ice Mm -hmm. plus his $7 million a year contract Mm-hmm. with four remaining years is a big contract to take on and we mm-hmm. know that the NHL team salary cap is not going to go up significantly in the next couple of years. Nope. So he was already like it was already going to be a challenge for them to trade him if they wanted to. And then this personal stuff came out. Now, you know, I say that, but like the NHL GMs, they probably all have shit like this going on in their lives, and so maybe they don't I give a shit say, if a guy yeah, is unfaithful to his wife. Have we finally found the thing that like disqualifies a you know a good player since he is playing? Well? I mean, I think if they f- if they find evidence that he was throwing games, oh then, yeah, then oh, that's true. Yeah, yes, a hundred percent. If they find evidence that he was throwing games, his career is over. Yeah, like done. Um, but no, I don't think I don't think we've found the. The limit for the NHL. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about the limits of the NHL, there's a Swedish player, a youth, who's who was in the draft this year, who's eligible oh, for the yeah. draft this year, who this has been accused of assaulting a woman and taking, um, having consensual sex with her, but taking unconsensual photos of her whilst they were... Mm-hmm. Uh, having sex and then distributing them to like 
his buddies. And he withdrew himself from the draft because of all of the backlash he got for that. Because everyone was like, this is shitty. Like, this is not just childhood malfeasance. This is some bullshit. And the Montreal Canadiens drafted him anyway. So, like... And, like, fairly high in the draft, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, no, we have not found the limit of the NHL. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, it makes me sad with the Sharks because I feel like I came on, like, a year too late. You know, Mm -hmm. like, they they had a really (laughs) good... I want to say it was 2016 and then 2017 and 2018 were pretty good not quite as good as 2016 because i think they made the stanley cup final in 2016 and then they made the playoffs in 2017 2018 i started caring (laughs) in 2018 i think it was yeah because that's when we went to the game in san that's when we went to the game yeah i think that was the first season that i like really sat down and like watched a lot of the games was 20 the end of 2017 spring of 2018 um and then the next year they traded joe pavelski which was yes. a terrible move. No, I stand it was by wonderful. it. It was the stars. But continue think about it know. from the sharks side for a second. It was the stupidest fucking thing they could have done. It was Agreed. a dumb ass move. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everything has gone it. down the tubes since then. And they seem to have zero plan for how to deal with it at all. Like the GM seems to just be totally out to lunch. They're yeah. saddled with these horrible contracts for these aging and bad players. They have this kind of bullshit going on with their main good player. Although, you know, you know what, Nancy, you should take take heart in the fact that the Sharks are not the oldest team in the league. You know who has that distinction? The, the Washington Capitals. Oh, oh, the Capitals, really? Oldest oh, okay. team in the league. All right. But my point stands. Oh, it does. The Sharks yeah. are have been bottom of the barrel in 2020 and 2021. And it's just so like, Mm -hmm. it's frustrating that I came on just in time to see them flush themselves down the toilet, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) But at least they're not the Sabres. (sighs) I suppose. (laughs) I'm just going to be a Kraken fan this year, I've decided. (laughs) That's fine. I think that'll be great. I think that'll be good fun. You guys have a great goalie in Groovy. He's a Stanley oh, is Cup he gone? winner I didn't with hear the he was going Capitals to... in 2018. Excellent. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, this awesome. is interesting because it brings up something that's come up in baseball this year, too, um, specifically with the, the Trevor Bauer thing, which I haven't looked into because anytime I look into it, it's just so horrible that I don't want to read any more about it. Mm. But the sense is everybody kind of knew he was an asshole when he got mm-hmm. signed to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the discourse when all this came out was, well, what did you expect? You know, well, define this because I've heard bits and pieces, but like, um, so he in the past he was known for harassing people, specifically women online, and like anyone who said anything slightly negative about him, he would like sick all his followers on them. Gross. Um, yeah. Cute. And as far as I know, he was not known to have assault charges before this but um <laughs> but now he since, does yes yeah, since signing with the dodgers yeah well i mean one woman came out and then another one woman came out and said no he did that to me before mm-hmm. um and uh okay to the men in the audience stop it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think any of the men in our audience do that's the i problem. mean i really hope not yeah our audience I, is i guess fine. it bears uh saying though <laughs> yeah that's but, fair. yeah so he uh the 
woman has said that he that she engaged in consensual sex with him, but then he uh, choked her till she lost consciousness and Yikes. punched her in the head. Um, and is he saying that was also consensual? Yes. Um, so, yeah, and there's just, there's some text messaging and, like, you know, parsing of, like, dirty talk that, like, I don't even want to get into. Yeah, that's but, valid. So, but that's just why I haven't, like, read much about it, because my brain just goes, nope, don't want to spend mm-hmm. my time on that. Mm-hmm. Understandable. But, um... So, yeah, so that, and then, you know, of course, people are, are jumping to the Dodgers defense and saying, well, how, you know, it's not on them. You can't, you know, to, to put it on the team is to, to take responsibility off a, you know, a player. And that's, that's not their job to know these things. But also, like, the Dodgers I mean, have tried to create this reputation for themselves of, like, being above that kind of thing. Like, specifically, mm-hmm. a few years ago, there's a, a closing pitcher named Aroldis Chapman, who's, uh, had I think several domestic violence complaints filed against him and the Dodgers on purpose had had an opportunity to take him and did not and have been you know patting themselves on the back for that <laughs> for several seasons now and <laughs> like you know just coming off a, a World Series win they go and they draft this guy who was mm-hmm. known to be an asshole though not necessarily an assaulter at right. that point um, well, and, and like all of these places have morality clauses. Right. So what, what morals are we trying to uphold here? Like, you know, they say they can't enforce this stuff, it, you know, and I, I include the NHL in this. They say they can't enforce off-ice behavior. But I mean, you kind of can. Which is bullshit. You can. Sense, they don't, they don't want to. They just don't yes. want yeah, to. They, that's, they don't that's want it. to. Because you absolutely, I mean, like, yes, they are not the law. But like, plenty of jobs have any have honor code type things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And like, I gotta say, I work a corporate bullshit managerial job, and I had a background check. Like, I had a very thorough background check yeah, for just about any. If you you know any yes. job, if you start showing your whole ass on social media, literally right. or figuratively, yes, there's probably repercussions at your job. Exactly. So like yeah, the um, idea that they you're cannot one of these rich yeah right but this idea that they cannot you know in some way write into their contracts if we find out you've been assaulting and harassing other human beings you're fired is just ludicrous like all you have to do is put it in the contract mm-hmm. and but then still, when they I sign mean, they're very, agreeing like, to it you know what can be proven and what cannot be proven you know and they so can put argue it in all the day. contract make make determinations set your boundaries like this is all of this is manageable if they want to manage it yeah the that's idea the that thing this if is an unsolvable problem is not yeah. true right. and they don't they right. don't yeah. yeah yeah and trevor bauer's on like the eighth time they've extended this paid suspension for him so you know he's still getting paid and not playing and can someone put me on paid suspension him. yeah i would like to right? go on paid leave if i show my whole ass on social media can i go on paid leave? I, I will i will put my actual whole ass on social media if it gets me like a year paid suspension that like great. that's not a disincentive nope <laughs> besides all you'd see is just a white flash yes exactly you'd just be blinded it's true reason for termination pressed ham (laughs) (laughs) 
bless. All right. Well, thus ends for the moment. Thus pauses the saga <laughs> of Evander Kane, for whom I do feel compassion, I guess, and a certain amount of sympathy, though he does seem yeah. to be doing his best to shove his foot even further down his throat. But yeah. I don't know. Shit's complicated. Life is complicated. Yeah. And I think we all recognize and, that. And, and people are complicated. People are complicated. And I, it does not seem like a happy situation in which he finds himself. And for that, I feel bad for him. So, all right. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, we, we thought about maybe talking very briefly about where our various leagues stand vis-a-vis vaccination. Because there was a little bit of information that came out about that. Just recently for the NHL. So, Rebecca, do you want to say two words about that? And then Rachel can say two words about the Plague League. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so um, most of the information I have is from an Emily Kaplan article in um, ESPN. Mm. She's amazing, and I love her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, so the NHL's health and safety protocols do not actually mandate vaccinations, but there are harsher penalties and harsher restrictions for individuals who are unvaccinated. So mm-hmm. on the road, unvaccinated players are not allowed to go anywhere except for like the hotel, the practice facility, the arena. So like they can't go out to dinner with their buddies if they're not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hotel, they can't use the bar, the restaurant, gym or pool, and they can't have teammates or visitors in their rooms. Um, they're not allowed to, whether they're on the road or at home, they're not allowed to carpool or use saunas. They're encouraged not to eat or drink on flights, to attend bars or clubs or eat indoors. Um, and, uh, oh, they're not, they're encouraged not to eat or drink on flights, do all this stuff with people outside their households or personal bubbles. Um, if a player due to their vaccination status is unable to play or participate in an activity, um, the player can be suspended. So this, um, this is the Canada rule. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, it's, it's not just a Canada rule. It's, it's going to be a U.S. and arena issue as well, because there's Um. some, you know, there are some States that still mandate you can't have, X number of people in the building, or mm-hmm. if you're going into like Madison Square Garden as an right. employee or a visitor, vaccinated. you have to be vaccinated. So if you right. can't go into Madison Square Garden for your game against the Rangers, you mm-hmm. are going to be suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, there are rules for when they will, um, uh, when they have to quarantine to go to training camp. Um, they, um, they do have exceptions for religious or medical reasons, um, you know, stuff like that. But short of a, of a mandate, I think this is, mm-hmm. this is probably actually the best they could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I, I like it, frankly. I'm When you a, say a encourage league. not to do all these things, are there any teeth behind that? Or is it just if you... There's Fuck no around and find out you get suspended. Yeah, there's there there doesn't seem to be any teeth behind the um, not to eat and drink on flights, etc. Like they are not allowed to go places when they're traveling. And like last year, we saw Capitals players get suspended because they had three people in a hotel room together, even though they were all players on the same team. Oh, so, like, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So like that 
that if they so get they're caught, at least a little bit serious. Yes, yes. Um, the the piece where they're going to get suspended, like that's that's the teeth. Um, if they so it, in a like reading between the lines of this, if they you know even if they don't get caught like going to a restaurant in a in a travel city but they get covid from something that they were doing that they were not supposed to be doing they can be suspended mm-hmm. if they get covid if an unvaccinated if an unvaccinated player gets covid participating in a team activity in a sanctioned team activity they're not going to be punished like they're obviously going to have to quarantine and not play and whatever but they're not going to be suspended so they are making allowances for like, can we trace how you got COVID? Now, how right. they're going to trace that, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but I mean, I, I like unequivocally, I think this is a good thing by the NHL. And I don't say that very often. <laughs> it's true. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on in baseball? Well, uh, the official uh, <laughs> plan for dealing with COVID is don't get sick. Nice. Um, I mean, that solid. seems to be the rest of the country's plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, one A's player recently did have a positive COVID test and is not playing with the team. Um, Who? I missed this. Uh, Seth Brown. Oh. He's one is of he the... the catcher? One of the no, catchers? that's Sean Murphy. Oh, sorry. They do look, they have very similar white guy they aesthetics. Do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, better. but uh, A's aren't the worst. The uh, Boston Red Yay! Sox just today got the ninth player on their roster nice. uh, out with COVID. Come on, Boston. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing for the A's, actually, because <laughs> they have been spiraling lately. And the Red Sox are currently in the in the second wild card spot that the A's are vying for. So... <laughs> I don't. So you're not rooting for them to get COVID, but hope that the the Red Sox all come down with COVID. But I'm just saying, if there were a team for that to happen to, and it's not the Dodgers (laughs) or the Astros, yeah, or the oh yeah, the Astros would be better. But in third place (laughs) are the Red Sox. Fair. This is taking me back to our conversations about you know if this shrimp at the buffet in the quarantine were to be terrible and the Astros did happen to eat some of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as far as I know, basketball has not mandated vaccination for the players. And I will freely admit that I have fully checked out of men's basketball for most of the summer. So I, I may have missed something here, but as far as I have heard, they have not mandated vaccination for the players, but they are mandating vaccination for all of the staff, which I thought was interesting. So uh, mm-hmm. the coaches, the uh, the medical <clears throat> the, personnel, yeah, the medical personnel, the front office, yeah. the you know, all of those folks do now have to be vaccinated. Now, I think the NBA finds itself in a somewhat similar situation to the NHL where, you know, Madison Square Garden hosts basketball games too. So, like, you know, that's going to require players to be vaccinated. But but I'm sorry, what is the rationale behind 
requiring like the accountants to get vaccinated, mm-hmm. but not the players. I don't know why I'm picking on accountants today. <laughs> you really are, aren't you? Sorry. I don't actually have anything against accountants. <laughs> I hope my neighbor uh, isn't listening. <laughs> I don't know. I know that. I, and I know you can't really answer that question. Talking There's... out my ass. I haven't researched this, yeah. but I know that there were a lot of conversations early on because the NBA is so heavily uh, made up of players of color and there's a lot of vaccine, vaccine hesitancy among player, among people of color for very valid white people shat all over them with medical testing reasons. Sure. Um, and so I think that's been a tension present in the NBA that has not been present in some of the other leagues. Um, so I'm assuming that's part of what's going on here is that the players union does not want to have these mandated. Now, Again, if I have missed something and they have been mandated, obviously I'm just full shit. But like, as <laughs> well, far as I, I know, would have heard because they would be the I've only sports league that has actually put a mandate fully in mandated place. them. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so I, I think that's where we are. But so I think this is a we can mandate, you know, Joe Q, white guy who's 36 and you know went to okay. Kansas City to get a, mm-hmm. a vaccine because we control their employment and right. it's a little different than than mandating so i think i think the nfl is doing similarly like they Mm -hmm. they haven't been requiring vaccines across the board but they've been threatening punishment because they're only in preseason now they've been threatening punishment for people who either get sick get somebody else sick or stuff like that and there have been people who are quitting their jobs i don't know if any of any players who have quit but there have been a couple of like high profile and i'm like yeah good Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the more old, stodgy white guys we can get out of management roles in these <laughs> leagues, the better off all Word. of us are going to be. Here, here. And I don't apologize to any stodgy old white guys who are listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, is it old, stodgy white guys that are quitting? Because, like, it has Golden been in the Sachs NFL. Is uh, is requiring their employees to be vaccinated, and someone posted that headline. It was like, "This is how I know the vaccine is real and actually works." I saw mm-hmm. that. Well, in the mm-hmm. in the NFL, it has been old stodgy white guys who are quitting because of gotcha. the requirements. Yeah. I mean, that's who's in the NFL. Like, that's... <laughs> well, that's also who's in Goldman Sachs. To Rachel's point, yeah, I feel like it's a different genre of stodgy old white guy, but I I get what you're saying. Well, I've heard just headline level, but the SEC this coming football season, the the Southeastern Conference, which is oh, the, not the, the securities are a part of, which is like the only reason I know anything about it. Um, they are not putting mandates in place, but if your team has to uh, draw, withdraw from a game because of you done fucked the up. plague, yeah, um, it's a forfeit. It's not a reschedule game it's not just take it off the calendar it's a forfeit but they're also saying that if your team suffers financially because of that you can apply to be reimbursed oh that's lame yeah that's that's... just shooting yourself in the foot yeah i don't know i mean i mean i think you might take enough of a hit from the alumni at these big football schools that you might not want to risk it Mm -hmm. but i don't know we'll see I guess they need to not have the programs go away, but they want you to think real hard about it. Yeah, and I mean, there there aren't as many, you know, college football games as there are 
pro sports games. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. One loss there is a pretty significant yeah um, deal. So we'll see how that goes. Well, okay. That's, I mean, that's interesting. It feels like an, an interesting move from where we were this time last year, for sure. But we'll see. The fact that we can say that we were doing the same goddamn thing this time <laughs> last year is really fucking oh, annoying. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. I had my, uh, I just had my birthday. Rebecca's just about to have her birthday. Oh, I missed your birthday, Nancy. Yeah. When was it? It's okay. The 29th. It's fine. I don't advertise it. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm putting it on my calendar now, and I will advertise it next year. Oh, what day is yours? I know it's coming up. 17th. The 17th. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was sooner than that. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of Virgo feelings recently. We have. It's true. Um, But I was thinking about it, you know, like this year, like we did, you know, like last year we didn't do shit. Like... Last year was was one of the worst birthdays of my life because it was pandemic. My cat was recovering from surgery. It was like 98 fucking degrees in the house and there were wildfires so we couldn't open the windows. It was like just I mean like <laughs> it sucked. <Pretty> bad. <laughs> so this year was 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 better. Good idea. <laughs> for sure. We had, you know, like we had our vaccinated friends over and we stood around outside, but it was still wildfire we season. We warmed up so some corn. We warmed up some corn on the grill. Not enough we to did, cook it. We just we no, just, wanted we just it warmed warm. it up. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, it was still there's still the plague. So we did wear masks inside as per CDC guidance, and then wore masks outside because there were wildfires. So the air quality was bad. Different and masks. It was different masks because oh some God. are better for smoke and some are better for viruses. You see, so it was still like I, you know, it was on the one hand like. I was happy that uh, to see my friends and happy to have a birthday and happy to, you know, and on the other hand, I was just like this, everything is terrible. Like every, you know, like this is just still, where I, still, still everything terrible. is still terrible. Continues to be terrible. It continues to be terrible. Like it's slightly less terrible, but, but it's still, so I don't know. That's, that's where we are, I guess. Welcome yeah. fall is, is all I, all I have, mm-hmm. but Rachel, Cheer me up. I hear you have an unwritten <laughs> rule. It better be cheery. Uh, well, no pressure. I hear it involves emojis, which is always a cheerful thing. I mean, even if it's the Even if it's the thumbs down I made down emoji. laugh. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say something that will cheer you up. I, I hope you've heard by now, Nancy. Mm. Uh, Chris Davis is back. I did not hear With that. That's A's. great. Yes. Oh, I so, mean, I'd still prefer Liam Hendricks or Marcus Simeon, but I will take Chris Davis. That's yes. fine. So he was uh, traded away to the Rangers. Um, I did at that point, that. Yes. he had not uh, been playing very well. Um, no, he had been not. been off. That's um, true. Did even worse with the Rangers and so was knocked back down oh. to AAA for a while. Oh, poor was, guy. Yeah, I know. That's was acquired uh, by the... Uh, A's AAA feeder team in Las Vegas mm-hmm. started doing really well in Las Vegas. Nice. And since the A's have, well, they've suffered quite a few uh, issues <laughs> recently, a uh, revolving door of uh, injuries and suspensions and whatnot. Uh-oh. So uh, Chris Davis is now back with the A's, back uh, out in the outfield and playing awesome. DH. Yeah. So is he Is he doing any good? Yeah. It's just been a couple of games now, but he's... <laughs> gotten hits um the players are really happy to have him back that's so nice i'm so yeah, glad that's cute. they missed him yeah so that's that's one bright spot 
amidst <laughs> the A's death spiral. Okay, not quite a death spiral yet. <laughs> yeah, they're not that bad. <laughs> it's been they they went from you know winning their division to not even being in the, the wild card spots right now. Ouch. So they've they've got yeah. some ground to make up. And and how much is left in this? It's still like a solid month before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. something like 28 games or something. Okay. Yeah. So it's not critical quite yet. It's not, but there was a a stretch where the Yankees were doing great and the A's were doing terrible and they like passed each other mm. by like 10 games. It was mm. really rough to that hurts. to watch. Yes. Though the uh, A's recently did beat the Yankees on national TV. Which <laughs> nice. nice to watch. I nice. really like that you specify on national TV. Yeah. <laughs> that one was fun. Okay. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Today, I'm telling you, unwritten rule of baseball is the fans are never wrong. <laughs> so sure. if you don't keep up with baseball news, <laughs> and why would you? The thumbs down emoji is having a rough week. It started like this. On August 29th, Javi Baez, a longtime Chicago Cub, who recently, as in like a month ago, signed with the New York Mets, hit a two-run homer off a Washington Nationals pitcher then turned around and gave the fans in the stands a double thumbs down. <gasps> Ooh, you didn't hear point, about this? No. Oh. Even I, yeah, like I've been I living felt, under a rock, man. I don't, like, it's, I don't know shit about baseball, and even I heard and about And you still this. heard about Yeah. No. So, uh, well, at I guess some it was point, his, local news. his teammates Francisco Lindor and Kevin Pillar joined him in the gestures. Wow. And all of New York lost its collective shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, valid. Well, everyone who pays attention to the Mets, at least, and every sports writer and sports opinion them (laughs) on the internet pretended to lose their shit while instead wanking furiously in the public arena about those entitled losers. We pay their salaries. We give them a reason to be watching them play. How dare they be ungrateful? Mm -hmm. So why do they do it? Yeah, that's a good question. Why? Well, if you ask New York Times writer Tyler Kepner, it's because, and I quote, they seem to believe they're entitled to praise no matter their performance. However, if you ask Baez and Lindor, it's because their own fans have been booing at them. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's right, and it's not just Mets fans. If you turn to any baseball game played in New York, and anyone dressed in a Yankees or Mets uniform dares underperform... They're going to get booed by their own fucking fans. Yeah, that's not okay. Kepner goes on to explain, Major League tickets are expensive and Major League salaries are generous. When a team holds first place for almost three months and suddenly finds itself 63 to 67, as the Mets are, it should expect occasional boos. And if you read the comments section, which I don't recommend, you'll find plenty (laughs) of people agreeing. Never read the comment section. No, never read the comments. Here's the thing, though. If players have to understand that fans have high expectations for them, surely fans have to understand that players aren't monkeys with organ grinders dancing at will. No, I do. I, I don't think to fans understand do that. understand that, <sighs> though. Yeah. <laughs> Baez and Lindor have only recently come to New York after established careers full of ups and downs with teams in Chicago and Cleveland, respectively, that didn't boo them for daring to have an off night. What's stuck in my craw this whole time is that New Yorkers want to dish it out, but they can't take it. Mm. Yeah, I guess fans have the right to be assholes to their own players, as long as they're not actively hurting one, obviously. But then they also have to respect the player's right not to put up with that shit. Yep. And that's not even bringing in the optics of a largely white crowd, not to mention a bunch of white sports writers, 
taking mm-hmm. two brown men to task for daring to step out of line. Mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar is white, but most of the conversation is surrounded by his and Lindor, who are both Puerto Rican. They're also both all-stars, golden glovers, and silver sluggers, which is why the Mets wanted them in the first place. Mm-hmm. But while August 29th was five whole days ago, and most people <laughs> seem to have moved on. As fellow Met Michael Conforto said, winning cures everything. Lindor and Baez apologized the next day, though with that, you know, shitty, if you were offended, apologies. But apologies mm-hmm. nonetheless. Mm-hmm. In the Mex- Mets' next game, well, against the floundering Marlins, of course, <laughs> Lindor bo- got both cheers and boos stepping up to the plate, while Baez got only boos. But when he ended up scoring the game-winning run, all was suddenly forgiven. Mm-hmm. For now. Mm-hmm. Because as a de- dental hygienist and obvious baseball expert, Terry Trailer, who Kepner I interviewed for his article, said, <laughs> quote, He's just got to suck it up and get used to Mets fans. If you're not booing, you're not a Mets fan. I'm sorry. Well, that Are sucks. you, Terry? Are you sorry? That just makes me never want to be a... I mean, not that I want to be a Mets fan. Not that I'm like searching for a team and I'm like, oh, the Mets. But that makes me never want to be a Mets fan. <laughs> Like, even tangentially. Yeah. Well, here's the question I have for Terry Trailer. Do you suck it up when people sit down in that chair, put that little plastic <laughs> bib on, and start booing your flossing technique? <laughs> or are you just a sensitive human being who doesn't like being thumbs down? Or dare I say, booed. And them's mm-hmm. the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole... There's a whole thing. This this past year, year and a half, two years about the consequences of one's actions yep, and the levels of entitlement of people as they reemerge into the wider world. And yeah, yeah and obviously think... in other ways that has come out in more, you know, violent and specific means in terms of throwing things at basketball players. Yeah, but that's a little easier to then just, like, eject that person, right? Yeah, but no, and plus, like, the Mets and the Yankees fans are like, no, 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 you don't understand. We were always assholes. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks for that clarification, guys. But I do think it goes back to the fact that, I I mean, I'll put myself in here as well, that we're not great at remembering that our... Yeah. Our favorite (laughs) athletes are actual human beings. Yeah. Yeah. No, we are not at all. And celebrities in general, not just sports people. But yeah, our ability to allow public figures to be human is low at best. Yeah. 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 And to think beyond the like, okay, it'll make me feel better in this next five seconds to boo. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, going to have an actual positive effect? Does the baseball man not know that he's not hitting the baseball well? Is my well, informing I mean, him rudely of this fact going to make him hit the baseball better? Judging by that, one guy who sat behind us at the A's game, I'm going with, we're, <laughs> they're really not sure if he knows that he's hitting the baseball poorly. I mean, this, that, that, like, this has nothing to do with sports, but, like, it's the same kind of phenomenon as, like, people telling fat people that they're fat. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a surprise like you don't you don't have to tell people about themselves because they know and oh, so oh, it's shit. That, what what and it's i know and I it's, know. it's not going to change behavior in a positive way nope and if anything it, at all it, well it, it tends to increase stigma and make the issues I worse that's true yeah that's yeah. true 
Yeah, and it also reminded me a lot of the stuff going around about free speech and like it's mm. you know it's free for mm-hmm. me to say whatever i want but you're mm-hmm. not allowed to react to it in a right way but the second you with. offend right. me yeah yeah or, or try to quote unquote censor me yeah so you know while it took us a while to get on our soapbox this episode i, <laughs> I think we've stayed pretty yeah, pretty we, on the soapbox <laughs> Train. We got up there and then we handed each other up it's and true. we yeah. made room it was a, and linked arms. It was and... a soapbox relay. We just kept passing the baton. <laughs> now I'm imagining all three of us trying to stand on like an Irish spring A single. Box. Yeah. <laughs> we could at least invest in a case. I feel like we could all get a foot up on that. A case of soap. <laughs> case of soap. Yeah. That's true. I've never really go. thought about how big a soapbox is supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be a case. Like that's because that's a bread what... box. Yeah, like a crate. Yeah, exactly. Not like that's a bar. My understanding. Not like no. The I assume not. Very like very slim, uh, pliable, smushy box of a bar of soap. But still, no. when you tell me soap box, I don't exactly know how to how big to imagine. Well, I think it's. I feel like this might like be a diversion. Ads. We. We do Hold on, I'm going to Google day. size of soap box and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, because I think they were the old crates that like soap powder, you know, like washing powder and stuff came in back in the 30s and so forth. I, think I don't that's care what the... size handmade soap should be. <laughs> <laughs> soap boxes at yourboxsolution.com. Custom soap Maybe you boxes. need the Google no, that origin of soap box. Or like images of old soap boxes or something. Google image search old soapbox. The term originates from the days when speakers speakers would elevate elevate themselves by standing (laughs) in a wooden crate originally used for shipments of soap. Was that an echo in the mic or are we both reading the same? No, we were reading the same same Wikipedia article at the same time. (laughs) Synergy. That's going to be the the title of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the picture shows a guy standing on, okay, it looks like about the size of a file box. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you you two assholes are now going to pretend that you're like, yeah, I need this soapbox for the size of a file box. I did! I did know this. That's why I answered it. Then why could you not have said two minutes ago? I did! You kept talking over me. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes you gotta go on your own journey of discovery to find the answer yourself. People can't tell you. It's okay. People are complicated. <laughs> People are complicated. That's that's the thesis statement of this episode. People are complicated. All right. Any final thoughts before we? Uh... I I don't think we should have any final thoughts. They're not going to go anywhere good. I don't That's know. My, my final thought is the decades immediately preceding World War One have been called the golden age of soapbox oratory. <laughs> so think about that. I will. That's the tagline for the episode. Terrific. Thank you for that, Rachel. No problem. Uh, Rebecca, where can people who want to find us, <laughs> should they want to find us, find us? <laughs> Uh, they can find us in various places on the internet. You can always email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at foulpuckpod, Instagram foulpuckpodcast, and our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and putting up with us. Yay! 
and Kevin <laughs> McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to thank everybody who has picked up our episodes and given them a listen. I feel like, you know, our Olympic episodes were a lot of fun. Our Paralympic episode was a lot of fun. We're going into the fall. Some of our sports are picking back up. We're going to have a good time. We have a lot to talk about. So thanks for <laughs> joining us and if you have been joining us please go ahead and let folks know share share us share our links on your social media tell your friends tell your family tell your pets uh they may enjoy the commentary provided by various cats tell your accountant I, especially about this yes accountant. yes yes we're always there's, looking there's, to grow our accountant audience i mean there i it's clearly an untapped voted. demographic it is an untapped demographic and i bet they're very loyal listeners you know so uh, except I in the month of accountancy is a thing oh 100 oh, sure. it's gotta be yeah yeah who else is running these gambling books <laughs> that was Mr. nancy Batman. nancy said that not rebecca <laughs> I mean, literally, like, gambling is a business. Somebody has to keep the books for that. I'm not, like, mm-hmm. I'm not throwing shade. That's mm-hmm. a job. Somebody does it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just nodding along as I dig myself deeper, I guess. All right. Thanks for that. Cool. Uh, we now have a nice hole in which to put our soapbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it that kind to of evens the out. Purpose so we're just at ground soapbox. level. <laughs> Great. At ground level. That's the title of this pod. All right. Uh, give us a five-star rating, rate and review, spread the love, take care of yourselves, wear your masks, wash your fucking hands, <laughs> and we will see you next time on Foul Puck Pod. Bye.